Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, the first podcast of the year, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Beretta. G'day, Corey. It is good to be back for the first Supercoach Elites podcast of this year. Happy New Year to you. And also, Happy New Year to the third and probably the, I guess, least liked member of the, uh, the podcast, but we do love him dearly. So, the Bombs Express, welcome uh, to 2019, boss. Choo-choo! Thanks for that, better, mate. The Bombs Express, he has arrived in 2019, and uh, so have the elitists here. Boy, do we have some uh, fun in store for the listeners this preseason. Um, but before we get stuck into whatever we're going to start with today, I think it's Defenders. Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter, at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on the website at www.supercoachelites.com.au. I oh, don't no, just .com, I think it is. Regardless, yep, supercoachelites.com. Um, that's where you find us. Jump across to the website because the preseason articles have started, boys. So every Monday to Friday this year, we'll have um, an article a day on the lead up to the start of the season. So for the preseason, the preseason articles um, covering a range of subjects. So, um, you know, from those left to field options to the mid prices to some bargains that we see out there. Um, yeah, some great articles. And like I said, they will pop out daily. So definitely check it out. It's been a while, guys. I feel like I haven't heard your voices for a while. I mean, that's good. Um, Brett and Bonks definitely probably haven't spoken to each other since the last podcast. <laughs> they just try and stay as far away from each other as they possibly can. I don't think people realise the hate's real. Like the anger's really. <laughs> I think Brett actually left the country once the season was done just to get yeah, away from me for a little bit. Oh, well, mate, when you win the premiership in the uh, Elite's Division 1 grand final, you can do what you want, you know? <laughs> Paid, paid trip overseas. But look, it's great to be back. Uh, for those uh, loyal listeners that won one of our leagues last year and haven't claimed one of your prizes yet, get into contact with us. We've still got some t-shirts sitting here that are unclaimed. So, um, I mean, proof would be good that you did win the league. I know you can still check 2018 leagues. So, uh, screenshot it and send it through and let us know. But community, we've been wait. We couldn't... Well, We've been hanging for this, really. I've lost for words. That's how. That's how. Uh, how long it's been? But let's get stuck into it. Defenders, bombs. We'll start with your boy from last year, and we'll let you run the gauntlet. Jakey Lloyd, six hundred nine thousand, an average of one hundred and twelve last season. Last season, top score of one hundred and seventy-three. What's your thoughts on Jake Lloyd coming into the twenty nineteen season? Wait, by Lloyd, you mean Lloyd? That's you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, did not want to. What am I? Yeah, no, that's fine, mate. I'm happy for you to. I'm happy for you to go with it. I'm only taking BT thunder, so that's not. I had a moment before where I was thinking, why haven't I spoken to Bomfer? And then within 15 seconds of this podcast, why I've enjoyed my summer so much. Bloody hell! All right, Lloyd. No, well, Lloyd's Lloyd's a fascinating one. That price tag is. Like, to be honest, and we all know, well, those who followed the podcast last year, you'd know how much I like bloody Jake Lloyd. But I can't justify the 608000 starting price on him, to be honest with you. I think, um, obviously, they're going to get Cal Mills uh, back at some point this year. Um, I think it's early on, too, because he went down pretty early last year. Um, with with that, um, I'm not sure what it means for Jake Lloyd, to be honest. Um, I'm just super, super hesitant 
um, just to see whether or not he can he can back it up. But for me, I'd be staying clear because I just think there's some better valued options that are a little bit cheaper to start the year off. Um, they might be able to produce uh, a similar, if not better, outing than, than Jakey Lloyd. We should probably bring in rule two while we're going into this conversation. I mean, the man on the marks has to situate 10 metres back from um, the goal square now in lieu of five metres that it previously was. And defenders to play on when kicking out of the goal square no, no longer have to kick to themselves. So it can just take a bounce, run out, kick the ball long, and it will count as an outfield kick too. So um, in saying that, do you think Jake Lloyd will take enough kick-ins to potentially boost that average up or well i think on on last year's kind of kicking thing he certainly probably would have but again i'm concerned about the the jake mill of uh, the jake mills i'm getting jake lloyd uh, off my tongue here. I'm, I'm concerned about cal mills coming back because when he was in the side um two years back now they certainly loved to use him as the, as the kicking guy um and they'd love using players kind of like rampy as well to kind of use the ball so um I'm not too sure what they're going to do. We may have to just wait for the preseason games to see what the hell's going on with these kicking things, so we can kind of start to hone in on who we want to start with for our defenders. Um, but a, it's it's a great rule, and I think it, it makes a difference to a lot of players. Um, Jake Lloyd, I'm not sure he's going to be one of them though. Low score of 71. 2017, he averaged 87. 2016, 84.6. He only had one score sub 80 last year and six 130 plus. Bretta, where do you sit on Jake Lloyd? Are you worried that that price tag's too high, or is um, I think we'll probably just like we'll look at it as <coughs> if you think he's the best defender for that season. If you think he's going to be the number one guy, I guess there's a few to compare him against that we'll go into. You probably pick him because I think defenders are going to be somewhat inflated with this rule. And I know Lloyd doesn't take every kick in, but it's just three points, and I think. I don't know what you guys think, but I think they'll be closely pushing towards the, the numbers the midfield guys get just because the elite ones, I'm talking the top-end guys who do take the kick-ins, are just going to get a free 10 points, 15, who knows, 20 points a game. We don't know how highly it's going to be inflated. So I think it might be a season where we, if everything goes according to plan in the preseason with the points we see, we probably have to load up on defenders, which means you just take the best available and sacrifice elsewhere. Is it going to be worth, you think, stacking the bus early down back and going in the season with a four or five defender strategy rather than and spending that money down back rather than or probably up forward really in the midfield because of this these inflated points that we think we're going to be getting again this is such an early podcast that we are doing and we won't actually have any kind of look at it until some preseason games are played so i think we're probably flying blind a little bit until we do see those preseason games and we see the early scores but if we start seeing the top defenders at the top of the list every single game in the preseason i think you just gotta load up and sacrifice your forward line because there's no bonuses for the forwards this year but the forwards obviously we'll talk about them later there's some nice depth there but the bonuses are to the defenders, and so their points are going to be higher, which, you know, they base the prices on last year's scores. Well, if they're going to get three points this year, then I guess money for value is probably going to be better down back. Yeah, it just depends where rookies are, but, though, because if we're getting absolutely, uh, like, like six rookies kind of debuting round one, and a lot of them seem to be kind of like first five, six, seven-round type players, you're not going to want to load up on premium defenders in because you're going to miss all those rookies and all the cash grab you're going to get from there as well. So... Talking about structure, far too early for me this this time of year um, because we don't know what rookies are, are looking to kind of debut at this point. But it is the biggest change to Supercoach this year, isn't it? 
I think it would be by far. I think Ra- it's yeah, make the biggest difference, and I think it's just going to be a, a lot of those teams that are um, conceding behinds um, and the kick-in takers for them. You think about teams like Gold Coast and things. If you can nail who the kick-in takers there, if he's playing on and just trying to get that ball out of defensive fifty, you know, eight, nine, ten times a game, you got three points off that. You're potentially looking at, you know, th- bloody twenty to thirty points a game gifted just on that. So yeah, and I'm pretty sure we'll have like an article and a full podcast talking pretty much exclusively about that because it's going to be such a big thing. Like I said, I think yeah. the, the data that we're going to get as we get into the um, JLT will definitely help for that. Sorry, boss. Important, important not to also assume that every kick in now will count as a kick because not every single player will leave the box for the kick in. So we're assuming, well, I am anyway, and you know what we say, Corey, we shouldn't always assume, right? But I'm assuming in this in this situation here that that kicks inside this the the square the the goal square will not be counted as stats still, and it's only when you exit the goal square that they do get counted as stats. Um, so you know you see it many times a game. There's just the short kick or the short option that that gets used um, from a point where players aren't necessarily going to leave the square. The other thing we does that does that kill this though? Doesn't that like the little running because they can pretty much run to that spot every time with a little shepherd? So I think that was the trend at the back end of last year. Is they just use that. If players were playing on quite frequently, frequently anyway. So is there going to be a huge uptick in numbers? Yeah, I think that, I think there, I think there will be more, but I, I would just be careful in, in <laughs> assuming that, say, a player has six kick-ins a game, yeah. that he's automatically going to take all six outside the box. Oh, unless you're kicking sideways to manage the clock, I couldn't see why you wouldn't be using that run-up, that launch mm. pad almost. But um, yeah, great through the conversation. Just off your own bat before we start going through the list of players. If you can give me like one or two players just off the top of your head, who do you think this is going to benefit the most? Cade Simpson is all of a sudden in contention for me. And I love um, the possibility of Laird and Zach Tui. Breda? Is there anyone else? Yeah, Tui is one that benefits because he just launches the, the footy anyway. So he gets the distance without running. So I guess you can just add that. So he probably gets a boost. I don't know how much. And he takes most of their kick-ins, doesn't he? Down the line. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's there. Yeah, it's got. Yeah. yeah, and I guess um, Cade Simpson's the other one. No, Doherty. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. he's going to be on kick-out duty most of the year. So that's going to be huge for him. And we don't know. Like I guess Gold Coast is an interesting one because Stephen May took most of the kick-outs last year. But now we don't know who's going to be on that. Yeah, I think a couple of interesting ones too. Might be Nathan Wilson and um, Alex Witherden. Witherden, who's just got such a lovely kick, and Wilson at Freo loves to launch, launch the ball too. There could be could be a couple there, but it'll be interesting looking at those designated uh, kicker inners. <laughs> That's my new favourite footy word. It's my new favourite footy word. I love it. We're using that throughout the year. I don't yeah. care how much we have to force it. It's going to happen. I, like, I think the other man that's going to contend for number one this year will be uh, Rory Laird. 587k, an average of 108.3 last year, with a top score of 138. Laird's in my side right now. I think I like him a little bit more than Zach Lloyd. Um, early thoughts coming into the season was I thought he was almost a less erratic player than Lloyd score-wise, but I was grossly mistaken when I went and had a look at their sub-80 scores. They're, they're kind of on par and identical, and Lloyd did beat him with the top score last year. That little bit cheaper. Um, the kick-in rule, I think, will favour someone like Rory Laird. Bumps, uh, what's your thoughts on Laird? 
yeah, my thoughts on Lloyd is that he's an absolute must-start. Um, I like the option better than Lloyd. I feel like it's safer, um, mainly due to the fact that he's done it several years in a row and he's been a cornerstone of our defences um, for several years now. Um, I just think his ability to push up into the midfield, um, kind of get 40 touches. How many times did he get kind of like 30, 35, 40 touches last year and barely scraped over the 100-point uh, mark as well? I think that's what I like about him um, is the ability kind of just to rack it up. But... He could have um, potentially a big increase in points if those possessions started turning into super coach points, I guess. So I still see that there's a lot of upside in him at sub 600k. I think it's honestly a no brainer. Brett, can you go into the season with Lloyd and Laird? At the... uh, well, you have to have one. you got to have minimum one. I think that'll be a pretty simple equation to start of the season because, yeah. Um, I think, I honestly think it's going to work out in the favour of defenders are going to have points inflated. At least the kick-out guys are. Um, if I had to split them right now, obviously it's super early. I take Laird just because I feel like I'm going to get the exact same output for a slightly cheaper price. Um, I think you can, and I think a lot of teams will. I'm pretty sure I will. I know that's a lot of things change between now and the season. It is such such early days, but um, I don't think you're going to have your team fall apart completely if you start both at the start of the season. I still think you're going to have a pretty competitive team if everything else is kind of decent. Anyways. Who do you have at the moment, brother? you got one or two of them. Two. Always two. Yeah, Anyone scared that either of these guys could do a Michael Hibbert? No. I don't think so. It's different. Very different. No. Because well, well, they are that, designated guys, but... Yeah, but Laird, I mean, two years... Pre- uh, sorry, not Laird. Lloyd, previous two years to this, what did he average in the mid-80s? 84 and 87. So... Where Laird's um, being 96 yeah, and 93, I think, the year before that, too. So, um, And that 93 yeah. year, he was having the 26 disposals a game anyway. So he's got they've got track record. They've got numbers where Hibbert's, I think, only averaged over 90, like twice or something. Yeah, I, I get a lot more confidence in Laird than I do Lloyd at this stage, though. Okay, beautiful. Move on. Oh, sorry, Laird than Lloyd. The, 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 the names are too bloody similar. I get them mixed up. I trust you on that because you're so massive on Lloyd. In. So just say you got more <laughs> faith in... Laird's a big call from you, so I trust that. Well, it is, yeah. The Sis Dog, he only played 14 games due to in injury and suspension last year. This is James Sicily that I'm talking about, my boy, the cardboard cutout. Um, 570k, he averaged 105.1 last year. Um, again, he was a little bit more consistent over the 14 games than I thought he was. I thought there was going to be a little bit more erratic scores in there, but to the sub-80, to 130 plus. Um, a man that doesn't have the track record because, of course, he was up forward previously in the two years before that with an average of 63 and 73 back in 2016. Um, is there any way either of you can see Sicily as a pick at 570k early season? Brett? Uh, for me, no, just because I, he's the exact kind of player I want to bring in halfway through my season when um, everything's starting to go right, because like I said last year, I kind of feel like I got this one wrong, because I said he'd be crap, and he would hit people, but he, instead he just hit people, so I was kind of 50% <laughs> wrong, so I feel like he's the perfect one to, you know, round nine, um, I don't know, Willie Rioli has a bit of a yap to him, and he cracks it, and Rioli kicks his fourth goal in a quarter, and Sicily smacks him, misses three weeks, and then comes back and you can bring him in at perfect timing while everyone else suffers without him for three weeks. Bombs? Yeah, I think Brett's on the right track. What I want when I pick my premiums, no matter defence, mid, forwards, wherever they are, I want players who are likely to play um, 22 games. Um, and I want a track record of that. And that's why I'd be avoiding Sicily start the year. I think his, his points are going to be insane, I think, again. I don't see a real drop-off in it. 
Um, I think he's going to improve his temper, I think. Uh, and I think we saw his temper improve throughout the year, even though he started off a little bit uh, chaotic. But I think there's still the possibility that kind of stuff um, may happen. And for that reason, I want to pick someone who's more likely to play 22 games. Is this one man that's not going to benefit from the kick-in rule? That's correct. Agree, brother? I yeah, I agree. He, he's a, he's a pick-off merchant. He doesn't really take the kick-outs very often. Well, he does, merchant. but they split it. That's a yeah, he great one. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a set player. I guess that's probably the politically <laughs> no, no. correct. Sorry for no, not being politically no, correct. Let's keep pick off Merchant. Oh, cool. He's a bomb. He's a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> that's what have? I got. That's that's what I've always been called, and I felt like abused every time I got told I was a pick off Merchant. I was apparently <laughs> soft and didn't have a man, didn't play on anybody. That's what Sis does. He just rolls off. We have started on him with an absolute bang. Yeah, don't mind it. <laughs> Get um, an opponent, sis, so it'd be better for it. And Kate Simpson's the other one, 570k. Uh, again, averaged 105 last year, hit top score of 150. Track record that is just, it's the perfect rap sheet almost. Hasn't averaged sub 100 since, two th- uh, sub 90, sorry, since 2008. Um, and last time he played under 20 games for a man that's turning 35 this year was 2013. Um, the kicking factor, I think, is going to help Simpson. Every year, it was the same when we had um, oh, Corey Enright from Geelong. Every year, you'd hear the same thing. You can't pick these players because they're getting too old. They're going to drop off eventually. I think that is the most incorrect statement you can ever make. Um, the Rolls-Royce, Cade Simpson, is how, how just briefly off today's research, Bonf, how much more are you considering him now? Well, Corey, he's missed three games in six seasons of football. That is insane. Um, and, dude, I mean, you know this, but he's made his way into my team as a as kind of like my third premier at the moment. I just love the idea of, of having him. Um, I love the, the fact that the kick-ins. I don't love the fact that he's injured, but I love the fact what it does for Simpson's super coach output. I think he's so relevant. Um, and I just think, again, he slots in at half-back. And he will just do his thing. I've got no concern of him averaging under 90. So if I'm paying 570k for a bloke, I can lock in kind of at least a 90 average for the year and kind of minimum 20 games and more than likely 22. I'll just I'll just pay that. I'll just leave him there for the entire year and I won't have to worry about it. Worry about a thing. He had a low score of 70 last year. It is a man that did go under 84 times, though, so a couple of scores between that 70 and 80 mark. I think it is going to be someone that you can pick up cheaper at some stage during the season. But in saying that, he could also go out there and drop 140 week one, 100 week two, and then you're waiting that, because those break-evens are going to drop low, you're still waiting a while before you can get him. So if you do really like Cade Simpson, he's one that I have no issue spending a little bit more money on, um, that 570k price. Doc is out. He's going to be the general back there again. He's got a beautiful kick. I think a Carlton, you know, up-and-coming team, the back line's really going to look for that leadership off Simpson. Can go up, play on a wing. There's not too much you can fault for 570k at Kate Simpson. Breda? Um, I think he's going to be probably the most heavily picked D3. I think a lot of teams are going to go with the two big boys, Laird and Lloyd, to start. But I think you're just going to have to compare him to what else is around there. I'm sure we'll rattle off a few names soon. I think it's just going to be a matter of preference where I think you're going to get something pretty good, pretty consistent out of Cade Simpson. It's a very safe, good pick. Obviously, he's like 34 years old now, so you feel like eventually he's going to get 
you know, his body's going to let him down a little bit, but 15, 20 years of footy and he hasn't had it happen yet, so why not just roll the dice one more time? All depends on who you're comparing him to at that slot and who you like better. It's going to be a matter of preference, but you'll get something good out of him. Bumps, we're not going to... Look, we'll, we'll try and quickly shoot through a lot of these premium players here. That was kind of the big five that I wanted to talk about. Um, and fifth on the list was Lockie Whitfield. I'm sure you'll find some kind of creative name to come up with Whitfield during the season, Bumper. Because currently, I know he is your love child right now. Explain yeah. some numbers of Lockie Whitfield. I mean, I don't want to spoil or alert anyone, but your article well, this week potentially is on Lockie Whitfield. Am I? Oh, without doubt. Yeah. Without doubt, uh, Whitfield will be written about this week Take in the bonk bargain section. Let me tell you about something about Lockie Whitfield. This is the number one defender for the year. Now, you heard me last year. What did I tell you guys? It was all about, wasn't I all about Lloyd last so year? He said something about Michael Hibbard, Brett. Did he, did he say that last year? Oh, no, Hibbard was D2, mate. He was oh, uh, number two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you heard me about Lloyd last year. If you think I, I went on about him, I'm, I'm going to go even harder on Whitfield this year. This is an absolute no-brainer. We've been absolutely kissed on the you-know-what here to be given this bloke as a defender. Let me tell you something. Not only has he averaged a tick under 100 in the last two seasons, last two Supercoach seasons, right? But let me... You guys have got any idea what he's done with Josh Kelly in the team? Uh, I don't, but I'm sure you're about to let me know. Well, with Josh Kelly last year... Now, we know Josh Kelly was injured a lot, wasn't he? Yeah. With Josh Kelly, he turned up 10 out of 11 games. Without Josh Kelly, he turned up one in whatever the remaining was. What's that? One in 11 or whatever it is. Yeah. We anticipate Josh Kelly's playing senior football this year, do we not? I'd like to think so. Yeah. He probably gets picked based on talent. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we like to assume so. I'm telling you now, there is no team that can win the overall points if you are not selecting Lockie Whitfield. You can't even win your league if you don't have Lockie Whitfield, right? Lockie Whitfield at 542k is absolutely the bargain of the century. Honestly, any team that, that puts... I, I, I can't find the words. I just think it is so incredibly stupid. And the most sensible thing you can do in terms of super coach is pick this fella. He's going for a minimum 110. I'm incredibly confident on that. He's increased his average the last four years in super coach. He's only missed a handful of games. I think that's in the last four years. He's missed something like 10 or 11 games, something like that. So, but he did play 22 games last year. He will line up on that halfback line. Wilson coming into the team as well. I think not only does that uh, impact on Whitfield, I think it has a positive impact on Whitfield as well because it means that he's got another running dashing defender back there as well. I, I can't say any more than you must pick this fella. That's all right. I'm sure the listeners can read all about it if they didn't get enough from that uh, in the Bonds bargain section of the articles that's coming out this week. Um, look, you can almost... Uh, compare him to Sir Donald Bradman, average of uh, 99.9 last year, uh, was stiff, what did he score, 61 in that game before he got injured, um, to, to, yeah, just miss out on the ton, top score of 141, uh, only went sub 80 twice, which was two scores of 61 and 64, um, I topped 130 twice as well. I expect to see those numbers go up last but year too. He also pumped out 230s in the final series as well, which obviously doesn't count to last year's average and, and doesn't get factored into any kind of price in this year as well. Yep. He's an absolute jet. 
Uh, I, he's one that I've picked from the start too and haven't changed. I can't see how I won't pick him. you got to love those players that are almost, you know, almost out of position, um, whereas he can play midfield and go behind the ball and, and be the general. I can't see his midfield's minutes increasing because Dylan Shield left. I think that'll go to the other kind of bigger brutes in um, Taranto and, and Hopper and things like that. But I still think Lockie Mitf- Whitfield um, is almost one of those must-haves as well. Uh, Brody, you got anything to add? Well, if you boys think you like Lockie Whitfield, you got no idea. Oh, <laughs> you got no idea, boys. Last year in our draft dynasty <laughs> keeper league, <laughs> Bomfer, you are not going to believe who I traded to get Lockie Whitfield in my team. Oh. It was a package deal. It was a package deal. Probably but he's one of the... Nah, it was, it was, I think he might have been one of the top three ranked players in the competition. Um, bit of a ball magnet, gets a few touches. Uh, Tom Mitchell. So if you think you like Lockie Whitfield more than I do, you're absolutely kidding yourself because I went after him with a vengeance last year, knowing he'd become a defender, and now I'm going to reap the rewards of it. Although, one big problem, the guy I traded Tom Mitchell to actually beat me in the grand final, so <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to you, Shane. You absolutely ripped me off, but loved you lots. But yeah, Lockie Whitfield, man, got to pick him. He's a star and not much is going to change, and he's young, healthy, going to get better. Yeah, I think that's uh, that'll wrap it up. Like I said, go check out the article if you want to see um, any more unlocking Whitfield for Bonts. Uh, the next couple of names that are on the list in order are kind of like your Jeremy Howes, your Jack Chris, Shannon Hearn, um, Suckling. Do you, any of you boys see any of them super relevant? I think I think Crisp is one we should probably talk about. Um, but anyway, you could see yourself looking at a Shannon Hearn at all, Bonts. No, nah, no chance. I mean, we spoke about kickouts before. That's probably one we should have mentioned in terms of, uh, you know, would it impact them? But I, I'm not looking at anyone kind of underneath Lockie Whitfield, um, unless their name is Jack Crisp, and I wouldn't feel probably no more than 75% confident in, in saying that he's going to sort of reproduce what he kind of did last year or even go next level. Um, I'm not looking at anyone else unless we're going down towards mid-prices, to be brutally honest. It's uh, almost that lottery box where it's kind of you're almost better off passing up on it and then picking them up at relatively the same price in a couple, you know, a couple of months when you know they're performing and and, and they're going to be the ones. Um, I think Crisp's role will kind of uh, have more of an uh, a beneficiary impact with um, Dane Beams coming back. Beams will go straight into the guts. I think we'll see more of Crisp's running. Running gun game off the halfback flank. Howe will probably love the the kickout game. How Jeremy Howe tends to, although he's a um, what'd you call him before? Brother, an intercept what? He is a pick off merchant. A pick off merchant. Um, he he does have a, a fair few uh, kickouts off the. Uh, takes a fair few kick in, so he could get a couple of points from there as well. Um, I, I think kind of the next one on the list that I really liked, if we were jumping down, was probably Connor Blakely. Um, from Freo, whose numbers at that back, especially at the back end of the 2017 season, um, looked super, super impressive. Where he averaged 89.2, but I think on that second run, that second stretch of that run home, it was well and truly over 100. Um, with Lockie Neal departing across to the Lions, I think Blakely's. Um, well, they've already talked about him definitely going into the guts as well. So I think he's going to super benefit. He's currently sitting in my team right now at what was he priced at four hundred and yeah sixty one yeah four sixty one eighty five point one average last year. 
Um, the only downfall was that it's five games sub-80, but I think his game will probably become a little bit more well-rounded. One to definitely keep an eye on in the, the JLT competition. Who's capturing your eye around the, the mid-price defenders, boss? Well, Connor Blakely as well. I think I'm a little bit the reverse of you, though. I'd like to see him remain in defence um, in order for me to feel more comfortable in picking him on... I'm just not sure he's going to have the amount of ball, the amount of marks, the amount of intercept possessions uh, in him, even though his contested numbers may rise through the midfield to warrant kind of like a, a breakout-type performance from him. If he if he's staying in the back line, I'd, I'd much more comfortable picking him. Um, Zach Tui before with the kick-in stuff is the other one, I think. Uh, look, if I think if it's going to do anyone some good, I think it will be Zach Tui. And we could see a 10-point increase um, on Zach Tui. There's not much else that I like anywhere in the back line. I don't think there's a lot. I mean, Brett may speak about him, but Zach Williams, I'm not the biggest fan um, of him, and I don't feel comfortable selecting him. So um, for me, it, it'd be Blakely um, followed by Tui. Otherwise, I'm staying clear. At around that 450k, does anyone like, well, Harris Andrews is a little bit more expensive. He's the 480, you know, around that uh, Michael Hurley's role as well. But what about Witherden? Do we think he can take his game to another level, young kid on the rise? Yeah. Can he? Yeah, sure. Uh, do I think he will? I'm not willing to essentially put my super coach season on the line for it. Brett, are you having a look at any of those boys? Um, no. Pretty much like I put them all into big one one big pool. It's funny because the name Bomper said, Zach Williams, is the one who might escape the pool and actually sneak into my side, but I'm a big advocate of keeping it simple, going with the three big boys that I absolutely trust see what happens with the other guys because I figure, um, you know, you look who are the names you said, Chris Hearn. Um, I'll throw Zach Williams in there, Zach Tui, uh, Witherden. I figure probably maybe one, two of those go really well and surprise us. You know, probably definitely one, maybe two if we're lucky and three to four go wrong. So I'm not willing to bet on them. I'll happily pay the extra 60K a few rounds in, 70K, whatever it is to get it done. Sitting on the uh, kind of those old players that, once were that have kind of lost their way. Bashahooli, um, uh, Corey, I almost said Corey Allison, Jesus Christ. Brandon. Uh, Brandon Ellis. Um, Michael Hibbard that are around that 400k mark. Can we see any of them returning to Grace Britta? I wouldn't trust them to. And again, I'm not going to bet my super coach season, one of Bonfer's favourite little phrases, on those guys turning it around. So absolutely they could. There's a very small chance, but there's also absolutely no way I'm going to bring one of them in. No, man, I, I, I couldn't do it. About a month ago, maybe a little bit longer, there was a bit of hype around Ryan Clark at 355k, going up to the Swans, training in the midfield group, talks that he was going to go fill that extra kind of big nut uh, midfield role left by, you know, to a lesser expense, Stent Hanabry last year, Tom Mitchell the year before. Um... Ryan Clark worth a gamble, or do you need to see a lot more kind of data and sample size throughout the JLT? Boss? Yeah, mate, we need we need the preseason to be done and dusted before we can make a call on that. Right now, it's a firm no, though. Bretta? Yeah, completely agree. We don't know hardly anything about him. We don't know what his role is going to be. They can say he's having midfield time in preseason. means nothing until they start playing. All right, let's talk a little bit about those mid-prices that have been shown a bit of love early from some community teams. Talk about players like Brody Smith, 
Um, uh, Grant Birchall, who's at 205k. Uh, I've seen Dylan Robertson pop up in a couple of teams to a lesser extent, and Pierce Hanley at 296k as well. So they're all priced around that 300k mark, with the exception of Grant Birchall, who's 205. Uh, where are we at? Can we see them kind of returning from injury and being those cash cow stepping stones? Uh, we'll start with you, Bombs. Um, oh, virtual, no way. I mean, that is someone. Talk about trust issues. I've, I've got a huge trust issues with Grant Virtual. Brody Smith's one that's really interesting. I, I think he's, I think he's such a nice pick. Um, to be honest, but I, I just feel like it might be like forty thousand too much for me. If he was sitting kind of sub three hundred thousand, I'd find it very hard to leave him out. But it, when you think about it, 290 compared to 330 is not that much difference, particularly for a bloke with his potential. Um, I mean, even if he kind of has, even if he kind of equals, you know, his worst season in his last six, he'd be scoring, you know, he'd be averaging um, 75 on the year. And we know that when you're sitting at 332 and you're averaging 75, that means nothing but dollars increased and points in the bank. So if I'm going to take one, it's certainly going to be Brody Smith. Uh, I compare these sorts of guys to the ones we had last year. I think it was maybe they're a little bit cheaper, but Corey Ellis and Riley Bonner, I think <laughs> we're kind of having this exact same discussion about these guys. You know, they're not quite doing it, but they're supposed to have a bigger role and be reintroduced into positions where they're going to see a lot of the ball. I just think they're way too risky to start a season with because if it goes right, you probably win the 50 grand or you're a chance for it or whatever, get a massive boost, but it's so much more likely to go wrong. And it does a lot more damage if you go wrong because you spent time. Do you feel? I don't know. Do you feel that way about Brody Smith though, Brett? Because he's only missed what, say, nine games in the last five years. Yeah, but he gets knocked out pretty like consistently. That happened. He had a nice run of that, and then he's had a big injury or whatever yeah, every now and then. That's, I just that's don't trust him, and I don't think he's going to average more any than eighty. Players could be knocked out on any. What do you expect him to average? What's your guess? I, well, I expect him to be somewhere in the mid eighties. Okay, if you think mid eighties, then I'd say you probably pick him. At three, but I don't, I don't I think, think he's going to be like averaging mid eighties. Hmm. Well, what do you see him averaging in the seventies? Like low seventies, and hopefully he stays healthy. Laird dominates the ball now. Like Smith's an incredible user of the ball, but he's, you know, one trick pony. Smash it down the, the wing. Meters, the meters gain the ability to take kickings. Yeah, just... but that, that hasn't really translated and, massively, and even Connor when he had a big reminds, run of playing. Kind of reminds me back to the virtual cycle. Man, going a long way back, probably four or five years ago. Here, the virtual cycling situation you had back then. Where you had him and they come back from injury and they you know you expect them to come back and continue into that mold but not going to be the same player came back yeah they were never the same player in t- in terms of the super coach sc- scoring output that they once possessed as well too so I can definitely see where you're coming from I don't hate the Brody Smith pick I really don't but um I'll probably be avoiding that mid-range player there and I'd probably f- prefer to find the extra you know 70 80k and go up to someone like you know, I'd probably even like Lockie Weller. I'd take the risk on Lockie Weller to average more than Brody Smith for the extra money. But I wouldn't rather go up. I'd probably rather go a lot down and, and yeah, and grab a rookie and spend that money elsewhere. Yeah, you probably. I was going to say you probably get a rookie who's going to average in the seventies and do the same job on field as Brody Smith. Yeah. Talking about our rookies, we'll start with uh, the more expensive ones. Kind of, yeah, Tom Williamson's, who was injured from uh, Carlton, who should probably get a bit of a run this year. Uh, Sammy Collins, who's gone across to um, the Gold Coast Suns. Um, 
my boy Isaac Cumming, who should hopefully see an uptick of game time this year. You know, that 170k plus. Um, is there anyone else in that market that's kind of doing it for you, Bonds? I know you're massive on Sam Collins. Um, oh, yeah. it's yeah. I, I expect Sam Collins to be there round one, and, and if he is, he'll be sitting in probably my D4 spot uh, come round one. Um, the other ones that you mentioned, obviously... I think Williamson's probably given been given a little bit too much hype uh, this time of year. I'm not even confident that he's sitting in the in the round one team, to be honest. Um, and I'd be avoiding that one just if you're trying to do some kind of structural things and, and place rookies and stuff on your field. Um, I'd be having Collins there and then um, having a look at maybe Rosie as another one. Couple, couple of names that we can talk out probably around that team. If you just want to have a look at, you know, some fillers that could potentially play, your scrimshaws. Um, Isaac Quayner, Griffin Lowe may get a chance at Frio this year. Um, so anyway, Hugh Goddard could make his way into the Blues team, Bombs. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure why they ended up getting him. They've got that many bloody tall defenders at the moment. Um, you know, there's Marchbank, Plowman, Weedering. They, for some reason, like Liam Jones. Um, I just I don't see what role he kind of fills in the team at all, to be honest, apart from depth. So he's a I'd textbook Carlton pickup, though, a shit defender who's not going to contribute. Yeah, Why would you want him? True. That is, that is true. I mean, it's obviously worked for us in the past, so why not stick with it? <laughs> Brett, uh, have you got Francis Watson as a lock in your team at 123k? Oh, <laughs> I hope he comes out in the JLT and has another like monster monster preseason <laughs> and then does absolutely nothing. Oh, bro, you. every podcast for like six months. <laughs> Francis Watson, this is his week. This is his week. He's got to play. He's got to play. It just never happens. Another one that Round I love one. is uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher as well. Yeah. Um, the Bombers. So, yeah. yeah. He should obviously get a go. Look, the one that you must have, every team, I don't care who you are, is obviously Harrison Wick at 102k. Mature age boy, boy picked up to go play for the Gold Coast Sun this year. Um, should get the... Two years ago. Yeah. Oh, two years ago. Sorry. Um, he was there last year, yeah. but he was injured. Yeah, yeah. should get the uh, the go around this year because he did not get a game. Um, nicely priced for us. It, it'll be good. You've obviously all got Harrison Wick at the moment. Yeah. Last year's pain becomes this, or this year's, this like, year's game. And nice he's luxury, yeah. Because he was only in mid last year, wasn't he? Yeah, and, didn't, and barely played. Got yeah. injured pretty much in the process and then sort of worked his way back into the twos and they've saved him, which is nice. That's so good. Anyone else that you just want to chuck out as names? To as I think the Dersma. The Dersma no, one Dersman, yeah. is, a, is a nice bench filler there at 135. That's probably the other one. Um, but, I mean, yeah, far too early, but, I mean, we like it. Cracking. 60% of our rookies are going to appear on selection night of round one, let's be honest. <laughs> That's it. Um, another thing, too, that I probably should mention as we're coming to kind of the back end of the podcast, to jump on and use our team picker. If you're... Um, if you don't have Supercoach Gold and you want to have a bit of a play around, jump to the website. The team pick is there. Simple enough to follow, simple enough to use. If Brett can pick his team with it, then anyone probably can, let's be honest. So, uh, it's a great little feature. The boys done a, a great job of putting that together. I know a lot of blood sweat and went into that. So, um, it was a big one. All right, let's have a quick chat about our structures. I mean, we've got a couple of the boys in there so far that we have. But, Bombs, do you want to kick us off with uh, how your back line's looking at the moment? Yeah, mate. So at the moment, I'm running with Laird, Simpson, Whitfield, Collins, Scrimshaw, Dersma. Um, and then on my pine, I've got, um, well, didn't name drop this bloke, but the only reason he's in there was because he was on the AFL website the other week with uh, the live trading draft pick thing, that uh, McLennan bloke from the Gold Coast, um, who they think can fill a half back role, certainly in years to come. 
and wig um, as D8. Uh, I'll go with mine. I'm currently sitting at Laird, Whitfield, um, Connor Blakely, Zach Williams, Griffin Logue, Wig, Quainer, and Scrimshaw. So try and grab a bit of those premium defenders in there like lower price defenders, I should say, just for when the season comes. I know I can use a little bit more money, but plenty to play around. This has changed heaps in the past two weeks. So, um, Brett, how are you sit at the moment? May have lost Brett. Brett's probably still working on his team. Yeah, probably just put his right now. <laughs> no, I'm here, boys. Yeah. Just the headphones are kicking off, yeah? <laughs> Laird, Lloyd, Whitfield, and then just stacking the rest with rookies because, yeah, they're not really paying too much attention early days, just picking the names that pop up on the AFL website, like yeah, you said. That's it. All right. Well, I think that'll uh, leave us there. Anyone got anything else to add? Well, I wouldn't mind finding out when the when the challenge is happening, to be honest. Oh, the the chili challenge. That's right. Brits yeah, yeah. we'll have to make it an Easter special or something like that. We'll get it done. We will get it done. <laughs> I'm a busy boy. I'm a busy boy. Closer to the season, oh, we'll have it organised. I'm not going to take time off of my premiership, you know, celebrations to come in and eat some chicken for you boys. But I'll, uh, you know, and on the back of that, on the back of that, my my excuse every time I get something wrong this year is I'm in a premiership hangover. We know Bonta suffered from it for about six years now. He's had a long hangover, so that's a nice excuse. We'll organise that all closer to the season, so um, closer to the JLT kicking off underway. All right, well, Elias, um, we'll be back next week, boys, with the midfield, so I think that'll be a little bit more jam-packed. But yeah, on behalf of uh, Brett Bombs and myself, peace out community and thanks for listening.